Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed your lunch. All right, here we are, about to start the uh, demos and new technology session of the SF Music Tech Summit. Hosting it, we are lucky enough to have Tom Cherdar of VentureBeat and Larry Marcus, also of VentureBeat, but that's, uh, I mean, he's an investor, including in VentureBeat. And we have here the winning team from Germany, is that correct? From the Hack Day in Germany. So I'm going to turn it over to Tom and Larry and uh, just introduce them and off we go. Okay, we are going to have a range of very exciting companies today. And um, we're going to kick it off with Resonate. Gentlemen, start your engines. Let's get to the point. Be brief and efficient. Excite us. Hi everyone, my name is Paul, this is Julie, Steven and Carson over here. Uh, we all met at the Berlin Music Act Day about two months ago uh, and started working on this project. Uh, Carson also makes his, his own music and he came to us with the idea of uh, trying to uh, involve the audience a little bit more during, uh, during his shows through different techniques. So we uh, worked on, the, on this little project that basically uses, tracks people's movement using uh, their phones and their actual metadata and uh, adapts the visuals, involves the visuals that are going on behind the artist at a, at a DJ show, at a set, based on people's mood, people's movements. Also, as well, we, have, you know, we include some of the music, the actual track, da track data, inside of the visuals. So, yeah. Let's do a little demo. So, we hooked up a lot of the visuals to actually react in real time to the music that's coming from Carsten's laptop. Um, and then... What we've also got is a specific web address, web server that's running that when you connect to it, um, members of the audience are visualized as one of these kind of spheres that starts rolling around. So you'll see that also visuals are kind of, when we shake our phones, we've each got a color on our phones and they correspond to the colors on the screen. And when we're moving, the visuals start moving as well. And when they're still, they're still. So we've done that, but then we've also hooked up things in Carsten's track to actually have the visuals be generated in real time and react as well. So you might notice when the kicks are happening, you're getting these spikes of brightness. When the big reverby claps are happening, you'll get kind of that kind of blurry kind of effect. As the scenes progress, the visuals start to progress. And so basically the idea is that you've got visuals that are really matched to what the artists are doing. And the, also, the beauty is that if Carsten decides to go back in scenes or go to other places in his music, the visuals will react in real time. So it's kind of like doing what a VJ might do, but actually doing it in pre-production. So you don't need a VJ on the night. So, um, yeah, so if Carsten decides to improvise, then he's not set to a specific script, basically. So uh, let's try and get you guys involved as well. If you want to get your smart, if you're on the Wi-Fi here, you can try going to this address, and we'll see how many people we can get on at once. All right, we've got a few more people connecting. We've not tested this with anything above. The five of us. Okay, we found the limit. It's that many, if you want to... Oh, a bit more. Okay, so work in progress, as you can tell. But the idea is, you know, we're getting the audience involved. Uh, we're getting the music involved, like, with the visuals as well. And, yeah, it's just kind of trying to get, get kind of audience members involved in the live performance, basically. So the music... And everything is just a prototype at the moment, but we kind of think it's quite a cool idea. If anyone wants to take it further with us, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Has anyone got any questions? Uh, well, we're all from different companies. Um, the project's called Resonate. Um, I suppose you can find it. Uh, if you go to reactifymusic.com, uh, there'll be a blog post about it. Reactifymusic.com. Yeah, my friends do a weekly in Oakland called Wormhole Wednesdays at New Parish, and I'm sure they'd be a really good test group. It's a bunch of good 
kids and they're all open to new things and they do all their own visuals and everything there. So I'm sure they'd be looking for a, a good interface to blend into the party night. And, you know, there's plenty of open-minded people there dancing, you know. Yeah. Come talk cool. to me. Yeah, Figure yeah, it out. we'll do. Thanks. So can you uh, talk about where you are in your deployment now? Like, are you ready for people to use, the, to use it? Yeah, for small gigs. And, and so if somebody had a small gig and they wanted to enable this to create a video effect behind the band, which sounds like a really good idea, mm-hmm. what would they do? Get in touch with us. We'll build it for them. I mean, like, this is a project that we did it over like, the course of 24 hours at a hack day. So, like, we just wanted to do a proof of concept, but obviously with Carsten, like, going to be writing a new album soon, and when he goes out on tour, we're going to be doing, like, a whole set's worth of these kinds of visuals. Um, So, yeah, but, like, the concept is open to anyone. You know, we can help you do it. Um, We just want to see more of this kind of stuff out in the open. Great, and how would people contact you? I'm just going to do this now. (laughs) You can find us through there. So... How how uh how locked into this cert visceral that you you've displayed for us? How locked? Yeah, like it, what what else can you do with it? What else will it look like? Sky's the limit, really. I mean, like it's it's using traditional kind of VJing or visual software, um, and then the idea is that we work with the artist specifically, so um, and then we kind of get inspired by the music and we write. It's kind of like doing live visuals, like what a VJ might do, but instead of doing it live on the night, we're doing it in pre-production. So the visuals are completely free and open, any kind of technology that you want to use. So what about, what about the input? So right now, uh, each, each one of those, those lines represents a person listening at the show. What other kind of inputs would you add to this? Well, the idea behind using the accelerometer data in the first place was because smartphones are one, like a digital way that we can connect to people in the audience, but we didn't want people in a gig kind of staring down at their phones. So using the accelerometer data allows them to log onto the website, log onto the server, but then put their phones back in their pocket and carry on watching the music. But we're still getting data from them, like particularly how they're moving. Um, so to be honest, I think accelerometer data is the perfect kind of tool for that. And then also you get, you know, how many people are connected, how long they've been connected for, um, all of that kind of interesting information that you just get by people logging onto a server. So, so, if, they're, so if they're jamming, you know. Just yeah. Turn around, you yeah. Exactly. Video. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks. So this format has these little turnaround times that are a couple of minutes long. So one thing we can do during these turnaround times, if anybody has any questions. They just want to ask generally of us. We can answer them or we can just be quiet and listen to music until the next presenter Got comes it. out. Okay, cool. I'll make, I'll make an observation. So the last thing that I thought I would experience at a giant music tech festival is a bunch of middle-aged dudes discussing the finer points of Taylor Swift. But, it, yeah, closer? Closer. I really... I've wondered why there isn't more visuals at live shows. And when a band is playing on stage, to have a great color organ going like that just seems like a no-brainer, just like great eye candy. And there isn't a reason why you should have a big uh, lighting, why you need to have a lighting person who's running it. It just seems like it could all be algorithmic. And, um, you know, it would just make for a really fun, simple experience, just making shows look a lot better. Is anybody working on anything else like that in the audience? Great lighting in venue, interactive experiences in venue. Okay, we got one back there potentially. You know, I'd really like to see what this looks like uh, when when smartphones become more prevalent. You know, they've got the accelerometer. And if it's, because you know, when my phone's in there, it doesn't move a whole lot. And also I don't dance. But I do move my hands a little bit. So, anyways. Okay, next up, we have Vincent Castignier. Good. Très bien. Of, of Music Covery, recommendation service. Take okay. it away. Oh, hello. So, my name is Vincent. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Music Covery. 
And Music Recovery is about big data for innovative music experiences. Um, today, anybody can have access to 30 million songs. It's fantastic. Uh, the problem is a lot of people don't know where to start from. Uh, and uh, they want to listen to music, but they, they don't know what to search for. Music recovery is the answer to that. Uh, in fact, that's one of our implementation, which is a B2C uh, service we provide. Uh, that's the home page, and basically you can uh, generate any kind of playlist, uh, and uh, we provide also recommendations, uh, and a lot of starting points to uh, provide uh, music uh, listening experiences. For instance, we can generate uh, uh, a radio from an artist, uh, an artist which is uh, uh, pretty known around here, based in San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, basically, well, it, it generates all the kind of playlists you want from an artist, a song, a subgenre, uh, even the, the, a city like uh, San Francisco. And uh, all. Ah, it should work. Okay. Good. And uh, all the playlists that are generated are personalized in real time according to the taste of the users uh, and, uh, and their listening history. Basically, all which is available on the this internet site is also provided through our API. The API uh, is available to any developer or partner that wants to use uh, our recommendation and playlist engine. Uh, it's very easy to test because it's an open access. And for instance, if you want to have a, a similar artist from a seed artist, you just click here. And normally, <laughs> If you click here, it should produce an XML response. Yes, that, that happened. But, uh, and uh, we can also you know, show what will be the results uh, if we generate a playlist from, uh, let's say, an artist. Uh, and, uh, excuse me, yeah. And from this example, you will have a XML results uh, and um, basically, it's very easy to test. It's currently used by 30 partners, including our heart radio, uh, the well, largest uh, terrestrial radio in the US and the second largest in terms of uh, smart radio, uh, which is a clear testimony of the quality of uh, our recommendation engine. And uh, let me show you something else. Uh, Basically, the technology is based on uh, five types of data. Uh, a lot of our uh, competitors are using two or three types of data. We are using five, and it includes uh, semantic descriptors for the content, like activities, like when you are driving, uh, mood, uh, genres, and also acoustic descriptors, like uh, the orchestration, uh, the type of rhythmics, charts and trends, what's hot currently, uh, country by country, of course, uh, and social activity, like uh, the profile of the listener uh, and uh, the tribe he belongs to, and also uh, individual personalization, well, like the history of the listening session of the user, but as well uh, their preferences. And with all those five types of data, we generate highly uh, uh, relevant and personalized recommendations. Okay, Just let's uh, move into the Q&A section. Okay. So can you talk a little bit more about how you ingest music and actually capture the metadata that you, you're using in your recommendation technology? It's produced by expert, primarily, uh, and uh, it's like Pandora. We've got experts that are, uh, that are describing the content, artists and songs. Uh, and, from, and we've got, uh, uh, we are creating models to generate you know, appropriate uh, recommendations and, and playlists. Uh, and so the major difference is, in fact, we provide many different ways to fine-tune results, uh, like the type of similarity, and uh, the, we, we can uh, customize uh, the recommendation to any specific services and to individual listeners. 
and that's really unprovided by any uh, competitor. Uh, and um, that's uh, uh, the really big difference. And also we spend a lot of time on uh, describing uh, the artist and content uh, in terms of acoustic descriptors, in terms of, in terms of semantic. Uh, so that we can generate many different types of uh, playlists and recommendations. So how much time does a human being spend on each song that you put in? Much less than others. It's one minute. Uh, Pandorite takes 30 minutes, and it's one minute with us. And it's high quality. Okay. And, and if people want to work with you, what do they do? And what's your model? Uh, so the model is we uh, primarily it's it's an API model uh, with uh, a monthly uh, subscription uh, and uh, on a volume subscription per number of re requests and uh, because we are moving more and more in a real time uh, a personalization of playlists taking account of uh, the uh, uh, the the behavior of the users uh, we generate many many a high level of request uh, to be able to, in real time, adapt uh, the, the recommendations. And in fact, we are really obsessed by one thing, uh, which is to increase the duration of the uh, listening sessions of our users and the users of our partners. Like, how, how long on average can you increase? Is there, do you have enough data to? Uh, yeah, well, we, we increase during session, you know, sessions by up to 35%. Do we have any uh, audience questions? How, uh, so if uh, somebody wanted to, to work with you, how, what is, how does the business scale? Like, are they paying you uh, for the, the overall service? Are they As I said, it's, it's a monthly payment of $500 per month. Okay. And it's a $1.5 uh, per thousand request. Uh, and and in, in fact, the, more, uh, the higher the frequency, then you, you come to another model whereby you know, you've got a higher monthly fee. If you, if you want like, uh, the ability to have uh, you know, 50 requests per second, it's another model. And that's it. And we've got to move to the next one. Thank you. Thank you very Thank you. much. So I really love music personalization because... It's all about trying to find that next great song. Everybody has access to infinite amount of music, but what is the song that you're really going to listen to next? So there's obviously great consumer-facing services, you know, like a Pandora that's used its own recommendation technology. There's been a lot of attempts um, by other music services to do recommendations, but I think if somebody can figure out how to do great recommendations, there's a lot of places that people are looking to figure out how to find the next great track. So Larry, so what's uh, what's uh, what was the last the last uh, group of un uninterrupted songs that you heard before coming to the show? This well, it's I had, be embarrassing. Well, I had uh, Pandora playing through Sonos over the weekend for like for like eight hours, and probably. Probably skipped or thumbed something down about once an hour. Man, so so I've been working from uh, San Francisco office of VentureBeat. It's much louder than where I come from in Austin. So I've just been, I've got, I had Pandora up, and it was just all straight rap. Okay, next up we have Turner Kirk from Smule, who's going to show some of the exciting new video technology, collaborative music technology that I think Jeff might have given a little preview of this morning and talk about their artist program. Take it away. All right. Thank you. So um, if you haven't heard about Smule, I'm going to quickly frame this conversation before uh, I show the demo. But the artist program is about getting the entire world to experience your music like never before. A lot of people claim this, but we really do it. So... Before radio, this is how you experienced music. At least one example, you got around, you played music, and potentially participated. Then radio happened. The guy in the middle was replaced with a machine. Uh, and people were kind of sitting around, still listening and enjoying. Um, it evolved into something more like this. On-demand music all the time. We got all of these outlets to do that with. 
it's a passive experience, um, largely. You can still go to shows and stuff, and that's great. Artists make money there. Um, so what I'd say SMULE is, is participation and collaboration using mobile devices. Um, this is a question people have talked about a lot lately. Um, I'm not going to say it should or it shouldn't, but maybe if it leads to money, things would be better. Um, but how? That's a big question. How does free music lead to money? Uh, that's uh, hard to convince people that that will actually happen. So here's an example. Um, Smule's mission is to allow anyone the opportunity to create, discover, and collaborate on music using mobile devices. And we provide a platform, we've found, to help artists connect with fans in a really interesting way. So here's an example of the Evan Gregory from the Gregory Brothers. He just used our app. Um, and he's singing because with us. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that So that guy bass, bass, is from bass, Indonesia, bass, as you can see yeah, if you look at little... Uh, I ain't no size two, but I can shake it, shake it, like I'm supposed to do. Cause I got what she told me, don't so skip forward here for timing purposes. So you get the idea. That's a lot of personality there. And that was just some guy from Indonesia who joined Evan Gregory from the Gregory Brothers. Who knew? So how does this work? Well, here's an artist named Todd Curry. He's collaborated with Megan Trainer, who wrote that song, or, well, recorded that song. Um, so he sings his instrumental, uh, master instrumental, goes into the app, sing karaoke. He sings his vocal on there, creates an open duet like Evan Gregory did. People can join it. Um, then we t and that's the engagement down there. Then we take the vocal of his and combine it with an instrumental arrangement that people can play in our Magic Piano and Guitar apps, which provides a lot of engagement, both on and off our platform. Um, we have 17 million monthly actives. There's a breakdown across our apps. I'm not going to dwell here, but we have four really awesome apps, two, two vocal ones, two instrument ones, that provide interesting opportunities. So here's Todd Carey. How did this work for him? Well, in the past three months, he's got over four and a half million plays on our apps. He's seen a 300% uplift in Nintendo sales off of our platform when giving away his music, which was just an instrumental recording, no vocals, not the original recording, on our platform. And uh, he's nearly doubled the YouTube views. He's also seen this incredible engagement with our community, saying things like, I just heard this song on Smule, downloaded it, bought the song, and just put the vocal and don't even play the piano part. She's using Magic Piano. It makes it sound like he's singing to me. I love it. And you just can't buy that. We didn't. Um, OK Go, they did a promotion with us. Um, and they actually licensed our music uh, in, a, in a normal royalty situation. It was uh, pay, people pay for their song on our app. But... We did a promotion with them for about two weeks and had over 6,000 people join their recording. Um, that's over 15 days straight of people singing. That's not listening. That's people actively participating in their song and getting it stuck in their head forever. Uh, and then we gave away this iPad signed by the band. Um, here's a little bit of a roster of the artists we've been working with. Um, Lady Antebellum, they won Grammys, T-Pain's won Grammys. Gregory Brothers are on there. Tony Luca is a recent addition. He's from The Voice, really amazing singer and songwriter. Um, yeah, some really awesome artists. Here's a smule at a glance, and this is kind of the takeaway, I guess. We work with most genres. We're a promotional engine for artists, all shapes and sizes, and um, this is another potential opportunity for revenue. This is me. So I'm curious, what, what genre or maybe which artists that you, at least just the ones up there, um, are getting the, the most activity of, of duets and such? What do you mean by up there? Um, the, of, the, of the featured artists that you played in your, or that you showed in your presentation. Oh, these ones here? Yeah. Um, yeah, so OK Go, I would say. I mean, they're a really big name. We also promoted them really heavily. But 6,000 duets in the course of two weeks is that's the best we've done thus far. And that was this summer. We've since provided a lot more ways to advertise in the app and off the app. But yeah, they were... I mean, the bigger the name, the better it's going to do. But Tony Luca's done really well. Todd Carey's done uh, exceptionally well. Um, his song Nintendo really hit with our audience. And uh, yeah, he's seen 
a large increase in sales and views and, and just people coming to his shows and singing along. And can you talk about uh, just the licensing of the music? Are people picking their own songs and playing them? Or are you giving people choices for songs? Uh, you mean people being like um, the users of the app? or yes. yeah, oh. the users of the app. They can sing whatever they want. Right. So in our, in our Sing app, we have over 1,000 songs that we've licensed. Um, we also provide a, the opportunity on Android only. We're testing it right now for people to upload their own background tracks and lyrics and get people to do that. So that's for you know, people who are just starting out. Um, the people we work directly with, though, we, we do a lot of kind of hands-on. And the arrangements in our um, instrument apps, we actually make in-house. And we, we have some really talented people. But yeah, licensing. We license all of our music. We have deals with lots of the major labels. Um, we have a guy, David Young. If you find him here, talk to him about that. I think it's uh, just a beautiful user experience, the way you pan back and forth between the two videos based on who's singing. You know, the timing and the cadence and synchronizing that is no easy trick either, is it? That's a very good point, yes. We have some really cool technology that um, analyzes if you are uh, singing or not, making sound, of course, similar to like what we did with our original app, Ocarina. And so, yeah, that's actually what is... And this is all streaming video, too. When you're recording it, uh, with the other person and when you play it back. So that's what does the transitions. It does it automatically. You don't have to do it yourself. You just sit there, record, hit go, upload, and you have a cool video with someone. And how much uh, usage do you have between, between your different apps of the same people? Like, do you have people who use all the Smule apps or people who generally just like to use one? Is there an average number of apps that each user uses? Yeah, so that's something we're working on right now is developing our brand as, as not just a single app-based um, kind of you know, brand. So there's, there's not a ton of cross-pollination you know, right now, but it's, it's growing. And we do actually... Well, actually, I, should, I take that back. There's, there's quite a bit. Um, we use that in... Um, we we cross-promote in all of our apps. Uh, yeah, I'm not the one to ask that question to. All right. Look for Jeff Smith, our CEO. Great. Thank you very much. Turner Kirk of Smule. Nice demo. Who here has used one of the Smule apps in the last month? Who here has downloaded a Smule app? Who here is not admitting that they've done one of the duets? Everyone? No. Okay, next up we have Elmo Lovano of Jamcard. Take it away, Elmo. My name is Elmo Lovano. I'm the CEO and founder of Jamcard. Jamcard is an app uh, that helps the members of the music community present themselves and connect with one another. I started touring at the young, ripe age of 15 and did DIY touring uh, around the country till I was 18 and then started touring internationally until I was 22. And then at 22, I signed my big major label deal and had the major label nightmare happen. So I quit all that and came back to L.A. and started uh, a night, a weekly event in Hollywood that was to bring together the artist community and help musicians connect with one another, find each other, and to show a lot of really talented artists that deserved exposure but weren't good at presenting themselves. So I had like a stage and a fan base to bring people in who wanted to be inspired and to have an audience for these people to play for. And in that, a lot of big names came out of it. Skrillex came out of it, Young the Giant came out of it, Neon Trees, Dead Sarah, a lot of really cool artists who were unknown at the time. And that was when I started getting asked every day, like, hey, I need a guitar player, or I need a bass player, or I'm looking for a hip-hop producer, or I need a tour manager, or whatever it was. So I started kind of playing band matchmaker <clears throat> and started building bands and touring ensembles, and I just couldn't believe that there wasn't a place for that to happen online. There was Craigslist, which was terrible and not the most fun to do. So that was when I thought of Jamcard. I was like, I just want something that's like a business card for me to jam, where I can show myself. It's the one thing that I can give someone when I'm presenting myself, and it's the one thing they'll give back to me when they're showing themselves, and it's exactly laid out how I want it that I knew of for me as a musical director. 
Um, I decided not to do it. This was five years ago because I was like, I'm trying to be a musician. I'm not trying to be a tech entrepreneur. What am I doing? So I didn't do it. And then over the next four years, my professional career took off. And as I started playing arenas and working on albums that were charting and working with my peers who were professionals, people I idolized and realized that they were still booking gigs like a week ahead, filling their Tuesday, all this stuff. I was like, oh my God, I need to build Jamcard because the professionals needed as much as all the amateurs needed it. So I saved up for that year on that world tour to come home and start building Jamcard, which is my first tech venture. And now I'm here stoked to show you guys Jamcard. So this is my Jamcard. As you can see at the top is my name. You put your skills. For me, it's drum musical director. Uh, this is your chain, which is the people you work with, your followers. You can gain fans, birthday, location. And then you can write a little bit about yourself, what you're available for, what credits you've done, um, endorsements if you have them, genres you like to play, whatever it may be, how you want to describe yourself. And then you have one song, one video, and one photo that represent you best. So if someone hops onto your page and they don't know who you are, it's like, show me the one thing that you want me to see of yours to represent you the most to grab my attention. And if I like what I see, you can swipe over, but I'm on a web emulator, so I have to click over. And you have all my videos, all my tracks. These are taken off SoundCloud. The videos are off YouTube. Pictures. I uh, wanted to make it super easier to build, so you just click add a video, and we put in an internal YouTube search. That works actually super well until that happens. And, uh, <laughs> and then here's all my videos. Uh, so you can you know, click any video and it takes all the metadata that's already in it or you can write something more personal which I hope people do because I really want it to be as personal as possible. Um, and you have uh, all your upcoming shows which you can share. You can share everything on here by the way with the, any media, any people, any anything by just hitting them, click share. You can do text, email, tweet, Facebook, all the stuff you want to do. And people don't have to be on Jamcard in order to get it. They can still look at your Jamcard. Uh, this is your chain, which is all the people that you work with. So it's kind of like your musical family, which uh, people have to request for, and then you have to approve them. Uh, these are your followers, so you can gain fans. Messaging, so obviously so you can talk internally. Messaging works exactly how you'd like it to, just like your phone. You can click back on the person, and there's... Everything that this dude wants to say about himself and videos and pictures of him. Uh, so this is really fun. So in the member search, you can write drummer, producer, jazz drummer, whatever you want to write. Or you could say like uh, in a location, so like drummer in Los, not Lodes, Los Angeles. And it pulls up all drummers in Los Angeles with how far they are from you. And then you is, know, that, is that real data? This is all real data, yes. Nice. Yeah, we, no, I'm so, not faking it. So uh, how many people have jam cards right now? So yeah, we just came out. This is the beta version, so we're testing right now. There's 1,000 people that got on it quick. Uh, we're not marketing it yet or anything. Outside, this is like the first group, room group, where I'm like, check this out. Um, so yeah, I got 1,000 on it right now, working with the tech team to make it reliable, sturdy, so we can then actually go to market and take the load. And uh, so when you click on someone, you have everything you need to know. And then, bam, it's like the one video I want of this dude. It's like, show me you playing drums, man. Oh, wait. Here it comes. Oh, this guy kills it. So I'm like, oh, this dude's rad. So you click on his face, and you can follow him. I clearly already have because he's dope. Or you can uh, add him to their stash which I call musician purgatory, uh, where you can like decide <laughs> later if you want to add them to your card or not, which also re works really well because I hated when I was like out at a club or out at like a music uh, equivalent of something like this and people come up to me like, yo, I'm a fan of you, whatever, you're really cool. Like, let me get your number, bro. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to give you my number because you could suck or you could just be really weird. And, All right, so uh, how... If people want to get a jam card, how would they do it? Uh, it's in the App Store, iOS and Android. So you go to the App Store and you download jam card yeah. and you set it up. Yeah. And then people who do that, what should they expect 
to get for doing that? Well, its, it's first feature is really just you having your multimedia resume that you can easily share. I wanted to kind of get rid of business cards because to a musician or to an artist, a business card isn't really that relevant. You know, you really want to see that person play more than words about you. I don't want to read. I want to see you play. I want to hear you play. So you can text it to someone as easy as so you can share your contact. So it's like your digital multimedia resume. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm curious, how, like, what's the breakdown of, of, of types of uh, musicians that people are looking for just based on that thousand sample? Based on the thousand, uh, the number one is it's guitarists. All, it's not all drummers right now. It's not all. It's not all drummers, but the marketing I have lined up right now is pretty drum heavy. Because <laughs> I'm like I'm as a drummer endorsed by uh, by Remo and Vic Firth and Pearl and Sabian, so they're all like, yeah, they think it's great and they're going to help promote it on their social networks and everything for free, which is awesome. Brought it out to Zildjian, have Zildjian involved, Fender's involved. Um, it's cool. Everyone's really excited about it. I'm just really trying to make an easy way, like something that actually genuinely helps the musician. We're not trying to just directly throw ads at them or like monetize off them. Um, the business model that we do have is going to be obviously launched once we have enough users to test off of. What's up? You got a question? Rock and roll? That's it. Oh, that's it? I think oh, we yeah, have to end. Thank you, Elmo. Oh, thank you. Jamcard.com, what's up? So everybody should... Uh, Go right now and download the update to SoundHouse so this entire presentation will be enhanced. I don't see enough like looking at your phones right now, seriously. guys missed it update your soundhound app right now look i'm going to my app store i press the update button there is soundhound 6.3 i already did mine this morning what's new What is your investment strategy for music? For if you're a uh, looking for music startups to invest in, what, what's your strategy? What's your biggest pet peeve? Like as an idiom of that. So I, I like investing in products and services where the technology is complete and the product is complete. So I don't want to invest in something that doesn't actually exist as a starting point. And secondly, I love seeing the demo first and we'll call it sprout stage investing so it's post seed post angel i want to see that product and i just literally want the product to just blow my mind i just want to be like wow that product is fantastic and that becomes the basis to figure out is there the right deal on the table is it the right people is it a big enough market opportunity is it an exciting adaptive team who's just not going to fail. What are, so what are some things that uh, if you were if you're going into a meeting, um, you, would, you would look for people not to do? What, which, what, what advice would you give them to not to avoid well, during a pitch or a meeting? I think people spend too much time talking about the, the big market, uh, kind of the market that they're in, the market overview, kind of a lot of the foreplay before really saying what it is they really do. And if the person who you're speaking with as an investor doesn't understand the macro picture, they're never going to be an investor anyway. So I really like to just get initially get right to the product, just see it, and then hear, hear what's up. I think when people come in and they start droning away on slides and you can tell the person across the table doesn't know what you do, that, that gets very painful and tiring. So that's why I try to not even take meetings before I've seen a really great demo up front. Save everybody time. You don't want to drone in front of me. I don't want to hear you drone. It's not a foreplay, man. 
Please don't tell my boss. <laughs> Not a foreplay man. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Do, do you know, unsung heroes to make this whole event work are folks like Aaron and Dan. Thank you very much, guys, just to help, help us on this side. For sure. And then uh, I hope it's said many times today in terms of Brian Zisk and the entire team and what an iconic event they have pulled together and built as a community. People look forward to coming to this event because you're, you're bumping into people that have become friends through the network. So um, thank you guys for all, all that. I better jump in. I've already blown your time. Soundhound. Here is an exciting, and I promised Brian at some stage we would give an announcement and make it happen at SF Music Tech. So we have made our product launch happen today and make the official unveil of it right here, right now. So the new SoundHound update is about to be unveiled. Thank you. And, and you're able to download it right now. Um, the free version is what you want. And let's get into understanding. First off, just so I gauge, do I need to go zoom real high or do you all kind of know what SoundHound is? Users of SoundHound, hands up. Brilliant. Cheers. Thanks. So SoundHound is the gateway of all things music. We're most known for that iconic orange button that does really fast music recognition. It also does sing-hum recognition. And then today what we're unveiling is a very modern, new, sleek, and intuitive design. So we're, we're, our core is still this extraordinary technology and now what we've done is take modern paradigms of how users have been trained on, on mobile. It's the scroll. It's the swipe. How do I access that content quickly? How do I dive deeper? And we've always thought, you know, the 2008 model of an app, do what it says on the can. Like, get it in the app store. Do one thing. Do it really well. And we do that. And that's what we're known for. Everyone's like, hold, hold the phone out, right? But we also think our users are really sophisticated and can immerse in and learn a whole lot more. So... Let's just run through what this new update is all about. Fresh new look. You're going to discover more. I'm, I'm going to flip into the, the live demo. So um, search through that orange button. The navigation allows real fast swiping. And we're also looking at um, screen sizes. So you've got to think about ergonomics. Can your thumb reach here or there? And we, we've made adjustments there. We're announcing our integration with Beats. So on iOS, SoundHound a song, one tap, and you're launching Beats. We also have already integrated streaming partners such as Spotify, RDO, iTunes Radio, Pandora. On another level of just being able to drop everything you ever SoundHound into your playlists, we can let you do that with Spotify and, and, and RDO. So literally, that just means you're out there, you've grabbed a new song, or it's a song you know of, but you just want to get that into your playlist. That plus button lets you do it seamlessly. So actually, let's shift over to our happy demo on device. So you notice the button placement, and what's popping in here is the fresh, rich content. But let's talk about the upper part of the screen. So when I tap that orange button, it's doing music recognition. So if we had a song playing right now, we're listening, we're going to tell you what it is. That's the same button that you use if you want to do a sing hum. And last time around, I made Larry get up and sing hum into it, and everyone was wowed, but I'm long in the tooth, so I'm not going to do that this time. Thank you, Katie. But let's draw a little attention to the nav bar way up, the search icon. So, Camille, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out here. Ready? I want to check out... Everything we need to know. Boop, there he is. All right, cool. So this is every gateway of search. I'm never going to Google again, right? When I want to get to someone's lyrics, I just go through SoundHound, right? And check it out. Whoa, it does, I know. <laughs> Here, we'll zoom up, though. And suddenly I can be snacking, right? I can be snacking this artist's song right away. But the cooler thing, too, is actually I love to drill in, and you just go on this voyage. So let's see what were his influences or, okay, who's, who's this guy? Uh, okay. Paul Wall. Okay. Let's, what, what did he sound like? Suddenly I'm, I'm in. I'm able to... Right. And see how fluid I am when I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth. And the nav, nav ability, suddenly I'm, I'm navved out, right? I can get to my history. I can get to the music player. I can get to maps. But the happy orange button pops up. 
in case I want to be grabbing another song. And let's, let's take, take an example of where that might, might happen. If I come back now to the... So, so just to be clear, I just kind of showcased all gateways of search, that upper part, orange button. I've got other search elements and the traditional way to text search something. But now I want to go through the journey of content. And what we've done on the paradigm here is enable, hey, let's just start listening to this song, but I don't want to totally disrupt being able to voyeur around. So we'll, we'll get a song playing, but I can still come check out all this different stuff. We can go into the charts. All this good stuff. All right, let's just get to a, a song and, and show you how easy it is to drop into Spotify. Look at, I love this song. I just want to add it right into Spotify. That's been added. But now, how about I open up a streaming service and I'm actually going to go stream it right away inside of Beats. Seamless stuff here. So um, that is a quick intro to the new SoundHound. And again, that the orange button's popping up. You've got all this great stuff. Oh, before you forget, let's check out the map. So fun to go into the music map because this is in the world view. And let's zoom. Let's get to Kabuki. I'm going to call you guys out and see whether or not you really have been sound hounding. Whoop. Zoop, zoop. Boop. This must be Kabuki. Right there. But, and, and that's fun. You can check out who's listening to different stuff around your neighborhood, etc. Or you can zoom all the way out and check it out, go, go over to Berlin, etc. You get the point. Let me just flip back and round out with, with a few key points because I think you only know us as mobile and we do have 230 million users around the world. But we've been really busy and we've expanded our use cases and the platforms that we're on. So we've, we were the first to make radio clickable and what that means is through a partnership with Westwood One, Cumulus's company, you can soundhound in this area, for example, KQED. Why is that cool? It's actually, you're listening to it, you wanted to hear what song they were on, or click through and see what programming is happening. That's actually really non-trivial to do, talk. We ship live on Hyundai vehicles now, so inside, look at, and Larry, you'd be happy he's actually pointing to Pandora in that shot, but you see soundhound next yeah, baby. In venue, you can be sitting at the bar and you can control the jukebox now. So that's a pretty cool way to own the night. We're also live in cinema, meaning the pre-show in cinema. And right now there's this crazy commercial with Weird Al. I don't know if anyone's seen Radio Shack yet, but you're going to have Toyland, this song by Weird Al, in your head from now until Christmas. Um, but you can soundhound that and actually get discounts and find out where your nearest Radio Shack is. And lastly... We are already shipping on the much-hyped arena of wearables. So this is actually really real. We're, we're the music company shipping on it, and that's really cool. And I've, I'll let go Q&A, but we have a cool video if you don't want to ask me any questions. What a great demo. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I use SoundHound whenever somebody mentions an artist and I want to know about it. I just do a quick search. I like the search button a lot. And I also love the uh, multi-phone use in car. So some person is playing, you know, Pandora or RDO. And then another person has got SoundHound. They're tagging it. They're seeing the live lyrics. And so everybody's singing along because you want to have multiple devices in the car. So, Tom, tell me what you've been working on at Venture Beat. I've been, I've what, been doing what's a lot your of, beat? My beat is uh, media. So, I've been doing a lot of, of music in the in the lead up to uh, the summit. Um, I, w- I woke this morning to to cover uh, blog posts uh, on Spotify, which may have mentioned Taylor Swift. Do tell us. Tell us. How do you think that? Taylor Swift Spotify move has really been going and, and how do consumers feel about it because I was kind of confused I when think, they took Taylor from me yeah Tay-tay. I, I think that that's I think that's it I've, I've noticed on a lot of panels uh, a lot of people are are saying that that the fans don't care they're confused it's it's kind of the opposite of the the conversation that needs to be had I actually think that that it's 
promoting a very healthy conversation that needs to happen and doesn't happen often enough or doesn't happen from people who normally don't join the conversation. So uh, revenue streaming and, and where everything is going. Um, and I get to write about all that stuff. So, Okay, next up, we have Justin Evans from Lander. And I just want to say that I'm a customer of Lander. I've been throwing mixes from gigs into it, throwing mixes of recordings into it. And afterwards, they sound a hell of a lot better. It's, it's really easy to hear. It's kind of shocking. Great. Take it away. Thanks. So hi, I'm Justin. I'm the co-founder of Lander. Uh, it's the world's first instant mastering studio. So basically we used about seven years of academic research and machine learning and a whole bunch of uh, really, really smart folks have contributed to making mastering accessible to everyone. And previously, you know, really good quality mastering has been uh, available only to people who can afford the proper studios to do mastering in or afford to pay the people that have those. Uh, thanks to the same kind of things that drive SoundHound, we've made it possible for people to have that for everyone. So uh, we launched in May. Vice uh, magazine gave us a great review right out of the gate, said we're the best thing to happen to amateur recording since the four-track. Um, and basically what it does is it takes a file, you drop your file when you're done recording it, put it on here, I'll show you in a second, and it analyzes the genre, same way if, like SoundHound, kind of a very similar process to how they detect what song it is. We understand what the genre is, what the right kind of processors to put it on. Every song gets a different set of processors or, or the right set of processors for it and the right kind of parameters for it. Does it, close to real time, you get a preview, and then your song's mastered. And the cool part is... For now, as the machine is still learning, it's free for most people to get an MP3, unlimited MP3s for people, and you can pay a little bit. But let me show you how it works. This is pretty cool. This is someone you guys might know. Um, he's pretty famous around here. And he's using it, or his team's using it, for getting his back catalog up on audio because it's incredibly fast and incredibly high quality. So it just uploaded. Now it's mastering. Mastering looks like a blue circle. It's really cool. That's what mastering looks like. <laughs> no knobs and dials, you know? And then you get this excellent preview of what it sounds like. Or you don't. Okay. Oh, there we go. So you get this cool AB preview. Where you hear the master. I ran into the devil. And the original. And this isn't the best room to hear it in, but you really hear what it's doing. Really important thing with something like Bob's track is that that's probably a bit aggressive mastering, and there's this whole question of the loudness wars, uh, which is a really significant thing in the mastering industry. We want to be agnostic to that. You might be a uh, EDM person who wants your track totally slammed or to sound like the Metallica record that everybody hated because it was way too loud. We don't want to make that choice for anybody. So what we do is we give you this option of low, medium, and high intensity, and it, it basically maximizes our, your relationship to the loudness wars. And in this case, you know, I think in this music, it requires a nice dynamic range, a lot of respect. So we'd, we'd put it through with the low setting, and that uh, gives it a really, really nice, full, rich sound. We've done, we've had uh, third-party tests done that have been, uh, oh, and then simply just press save and send. And it's done. And that's mastering now. You know, this used to take hours, weeks to book studio time. This is immediate. It happens right now. We also have a product launch to announce that we're really excited about. So this is our partner, iGroove. And uh, the really cool thing is what you just saw is all based on a back-end API. And all of it exists in the cloud. And it's fully scalable and awesome. And so now, anywhere, if you have a website that people upload music to, you can be our partner. And we can make our mastering available on your site. This is our friends, Blue Hawaii, who are in a great label, Arbutus from Montreal. They're, they're distributing their stuff in Europe through iGroove. They've got a track here, and this is this third-party site of this company, iGroove. Now you notice there's this master with lander button. As part of the process, they just click. It brings up lander as a widget on the screen, and this is so simple to deploy for anybody who's interested in partnering. It transfers from their back end to our back end, takes a couple seconds. And then it'll do the same mastering that you get on Lander with a similar A-B process. And this is a great revenue share opportunity for all our partners because we share the revenue with you as a partner. 
Um, their student mastering looks prettier on other people's site than it looks on our site. It's cooler when we do it somewhere else. Same thing where you get the AB. And notice the mastering on this is really different than on Bob's because it's really understood the music really differently. This is electronic music, so the parameters are completely different. And you can buy for three different price points. You've got uh, $199 for a low MP3, $499 for a high quality 320, and uncompressed at $999. Hey, Justin, can yeah. you... um? Play the music again and not talk over it so we can hear sure. it. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I only got five minutes, man. Give me a I break. Know. We're, we're going to do this because my question is can we hear it? presence in the one that you touched I hear it who hears who really hears the difference <laughs> okay who actually prefers the original versus the one that was affected on our website you can have an option to hear the loudness matched it's just for the sake of the demo and for people to hear it here that we don't do that spoken like a professional sound man Sound man for Tom Petty. Um, can you talk about the process? Obviously, you're normalizing. Well, yeah, which like, is a big deal unto itself. But what else is going on? Why it feels like it's a little more spatial? Like I said, it, it really depends on the song. So the electronic music is going to have a really different approach than the acoustic music. And what it does is it understands the song in kind of relationship to a genre space on a feature analysis level when we get the track in. does that very quickly, analyzes the track, and it also analyzes for the quality of the mix. So it'll treat something that has a really, really bad mix really, really differently than something that's really well done. And it kind of, then it assigns, um, when it understands it in relationship to those two things, it chooses which kind of DSP to treat it with. So we have, you know, compressors, limiters, uh, stereo enhancement, uh, EQ, um, a few other processors as well, some tape, uh, tape emulation, a few other things, but they're all custom to our, to our system and have all been built by our internal team. And, but it, like I said before, each song will get treated and parameterized differently. And that's also really important as we get more data into the system. So we've mastered about 400,000 songs, now 350, and we're mastering about 100,000 songs a month. And each time we get another song, it helps the system get smarter as to which parameters to, uh, to apply. So keep checking in. It's, if you don't like it today, you probably like it tomorrow. It's, uh, we've had three major releases, <laughs> and the quality, uh, the quality keeps getting better. We're pretty excited, though. We had a kid at uh, Sound Engineering Institute in Liverpool do a blind test. He did his thesis on how human, humans had to be better at mastering than something like Lander could be because of the emotional content of mastering and uh, did a bunch of tests against human engineers that were very, very professional. And we won in every single listening test, and it was sound engineers that were... Uh, and that was an independent test that we had nothing to do with. He called me because, to speak to me because he was very upset about the, uh, about the results of his listening test. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks very much. Thank you so much. Pardon me? Okay, does anybody have an app that's downloadable who wants to come up and give a 15-second pitch? And you can't have been a speaker at the conference today. It's downloadable free, app. It's free advertising, 15, folks. okay, you're hand up. Come on up. G'day, everyone. Uh, my name's Tim Hodgkinson. I'm from Sydney, Australia. Spent a long time on the plane to get here. Whisper Music, W-H-I-S-P-A Music. We're a social mobile uh, remix plat- platform for fans, uh, iOS only. Thanks. Name of the app again? Whisper. Whisper Music with an A. Whisper Music. Okay, here you go. 
Uh, the app is called Jam Feed. We pull all your favorite artists, bands, and even festivals anytime a bit breaking news story. So song, video, album, lineup release comes out. We shoot a direct notification right to your phone. Uh, you can also read news, stream music, buy concert tickets, everything all within the same app. And we're on iOS right now. Jam Feed, one word, will be on Android in about 30 days. Thank you. It's also really pretty. Jam Feed. Okay. Hi there, my name is Handan. The app is called SoundTap. It's on iPhone and Android currently. It's basically an um, aggregator for college and community radio stations around the world. So if you are into listening independent media, commercial free radio, that's where to go. And social as well. SoundTap. SoundTap. Hello, my name is Gordon. I'm the CEO of Bounce Technology. Bounce is an app that allows you to share and communicate with people nearby. As a musician and a DJ, I just bounced out a track, so anybody within 100 yards of me right there would get the track. If you guys are interested in Bounce, you can go to bounce.bz. You can share from 100 yards up to 100 miles. We're really excited about it, and the Android build is ready for testing. Okay, that is Bounce. I do have that on if you want to bounce me. Bounce in here. We can communicate, so only with those around us. And we're ready? Yeah, one more. Hi, I'm Ty Parker. I'm the founder and CEO of Time Place. You can download that and find out anything that's going on in any city in the world, what any event, any activity, any place. Time Place. Time Place. Okay, we're ready to go. Good evening. My name is Tom Pernikoff. I'm the CEO and co-founder of TuneSpeak. So our mission at TuneSpeak is to help artists identify and reward their most passionate fans. My brother and I built TuneSpeak uh, for ourselves, essentially. We were touring musicians out of St. Louis, and even though we could draw an okay crowd in St. Louis in the Midwest, we couldn't identify our most passionate fans besides our parents who came to every show. And so we wanted to build a platform that not only tracked fan activity online, song listens, video views, shares, but also that incentivized fans to do more of all that stuff. Uh, we launched beginning of last year in St. Louis. We were the first band to use TuneSpeak and have since worked with about 300 artists, including bands like Dave Matthews Band, Kings of Leon, uh, Lincoln Park, Miranda Lambert, My Morning Jacket, and a bunch of others. So I'll get right into the demo for you guys. So what happens is we decide on a campaign with an artist, and we launched Counting Crows about six hours ago, which is very cool for me since August and Everything After was the first album I ever owned. Anybody like that album? Yep, so San Francisco band. Anyway, so uh, Counting Crows wanted to give away tickets and a meet and greet to every stop on their tour. So they announce it on their Facebook or Twitter, and the fan clicks the link and arrives at TuneSpeak. Um, and they can see the tour listing right here and the details of the meet and greet and the tickets, and they can choose the market in which they want to win. Um, so Madison, Wisconsin, as a fan, I select that. And you can see right here just a little how to earn points widget. So I get points for everything I do as a fan. If I join the mailing list, I get 100 points. If I look at a photo, I get one point. If I listen to a song, three, a video, five points. But then the key really is when I get my friends to consume any of that content, um, I get three times the amount of points. Uh, everything's pretty real time. So if I click to listen to a song, you can see that I start earning points. Top right there. Play the next one. Down into the ocean among millions of other lonely people Drowning among the only people we are ever gonna know So yeah, everything's in real time. You start earning points immediately, um, right there in the top right. You can also toggle on Spotify. So I, I believe we're the first service to actually give more points for streaming on Spotify because we're tracking that. We also pull... So the bands, the artists, they don't have to create any content on TuneSpeak. Um, so we pull in the music from either SoundCloud, uh, iTunes previews, or Spotify... We pull in tour dates from bands in town or Facebook events, videos from Vivo, YouTube, and photos from Instagram or Facebook. And then any piece of content I can consume, I can also share very quickly uh, to my wall, my friend's wall, Twitter, and Tumblr. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we, like I said, we launched about January of last year, and we've ran over 5,000 of these campaigns with about 300 different artists. That's TuneSpeak. Thank you. Um, so, so I'm curious, what about people who come in and they've already signed up for, for some of these services to follow their favorite bands? How do you handle that in, in assessing points? 
Um, so if I've signed up for a different campaign or a different... I've already liked a band or uh, signed up for their mailing list. Yeah, we track that. Mailing list, we can't track that right now, but the artists and the record labels do do scrub the list that they already have. So one kind of cool thing is um, a a label that we worked with scrubbed recently um, one of the big bands we worked with, uh, Kings of Leon, and um, about 87% of the mailing list entries were new from TuneSpeak, so that was a great metric for us. And where are you guys in your adoption now? How many, you know, how many bands, how yeah, many fans? We've worked like with about 300 artists. Most of them have come back one, two, three, four times. Um, all types of bands, all types of genres, baby bands, um, local St. Louis bands to the, some of the bands I named. As far as uh, visitors, you know, we're in the millions of unique visitors and uh, users, hundreds of thousands, and um, tens of millions, close to 100 million actions on the site. So song listens, video views, photo views, shares, all that kind of stuff. Do you talk a little bit about the uh, different sources of revenue or just the, the overall business plan? Yeah, definitely. So um, there are two as we see it right now. Um, we definitely want to have an MRC going forward as we evolve the service into a a more self-serve and constant use model. So in 2015, you're going to see TuneSpeak kind of evolve into that where um, artists and their managers and their agents can use it more quickly all the time. Right now, it's very hands-on with us. We're involved in every campaign that goes up. Secondly, um, we're going to start working more closely with sponsors. We've piloted a few sponsorships with Keurig and Artists, uh, Clips Audio we did with the Kings of Leon, where um, you know essentially we're, we're corralling super fans into TuneSpeak. So our theory, and I think everybody really knows, is that fans are more impressionable when it comes to sponsorships or advertising alongside their favorite bands. And in the pilots, we've definitely proved that. So definitely a revenue story there as well. Is there a question in the audience? Yes. Has anything bubbled up as a surprise to you in terms of what your users do click on and consume? Was it, is there a disproportionate amount of views on, on the images versus video versus song listens? Yeah, I mean, the users who are really trying to engage are doing everything. Um, we do have a lot of checks in place. Authenticity is very important to us. We're, we were musicians. We are musicians. So, you know, you can only get points for listening a certain amount of times a day, or you can only get points once a day for looking at a photo. Um, there are a bunch of limits on sharing as well. So we really want it to be an authentic fan experience. But as far as surprises... Um, I think the mailing list thing is, is probably the coolest. I thought originally, because it was hard for us to track it, we don't have that data, there would be a lot of duplication of mailing list entries, but the new mailing list is exciting to us and definitely exciting to management because I think as time goes on, they're using mailing lists to communicate with their fans. So even more so. Okay, thank you very much, Tom. Thank you, guys.